Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I'm a five-time cancer survivor and the original Napkin Notes dad. I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten. I'm Dara Kurtz, author of Crush Cancer, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, you have cancer. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a cancer thriver. Welcome to our show. Today, we're going to talk about living life on your own terms, figuring out what you want to do and doing it, doing what makes you happy. So Garth, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. How many... Yeah, right? Let's just get started. (laughs) How many times in your life have you thought about doing something you really wanted to do and then you talked yourself out of it? You came up with reasons why you shouldn't do it. Um, I'm going to say off the top of my head, five or less. Really? Yeah. Like really, really wanted to do as opposed to like a passing fancy. Yeah. Well... I mean, I think that we can feel in our heart when we really want to do something. So, I mean, I'm impressed that you even knew off the top of your head, five. Well, I mean, these are, so I'm a very contemplative person and I think back that, you know, there are times and I I would say that there, there are critical pivot points in your life where you think, okay, I want to do this and, and for whatever reason you choose not to. And, um, you know, there's actually a, a, a wonderful TED talk about that by Mel Robbins. And, you know, what's interesting about that talk is that it takes her like two thirds of the talk to get to that part of the of the point, which is if you don't do something within the first like 12 seconds of thinking about it, you're very unlikely to, to actually do it. I don't think it's hard to come up with reasons to stonewall a plan. And for me, I remember before I went through cancer, there were a lot of things that I really wanted to do in my life, but maybe I didn't have the courage to do them. Maybe I kept coming up with reasons as to why that wouldn't work. And I would like, let's just say I was, it was at night and I was in bed and I couldn't sleep and my mind would just kind of go to that place. And I would hear myself say, you know, quit your job do this or start doing this. And in the morning I would remember that. And then I would think, you know what? Oh, I can't do that. Or I would come up with a million reasons as to why that wouldn't work. I would just kind of, you know, instead of trying to find a way, I would find an excuse. And after I went through cancer, I was done with that. I, I agree. I think, you know, and part of that is we're also more mature grownups, right? In that you know, we, if you say so, <laughs> well, and, and let, let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. I, I think that because both of us have, have had this experience of going through cancer treatment. Um, and for me, right, I'm still ongoing. And so we, we have a tendency to be able to look at things a little bit more critically and determine, okay, is this something that is important to me and is going to make a difference in my life? Or, you know what, is this something that is just a, a nice to have? And and at that point, we kind of realize, oh, we don't really have to do that, especially if it ends up, you know, turning our world upside down. And so, and so we can decide, oh, you know what, like, I can't quit my job. It doesn't make sense. 
but there are right. ways that I can maximize my happiness outside of it. Yes. Yes. I want to talk about that in a little bit. I, I totally agree with you because after you go through cancer or, you know, it doesn't have to be cancer. It could be any life altering experience or any experience that really causes you to hit the pause button on your life. I think you look at life through a different lens and you understand that time is our most precious commodity. And what am I waiting for? Why am I not doing what I want to do now? Let me try to figure out a way to, to make it work. And that's kind of what you were saying. Even if you are not going to be able to quit your job, there are still ways that you can go after whatever it is you really want to do. You can, you can figure out a way to make it work. Right. I, I actually think that one of the ways to, to really maximize your time and maximize your happiness is to understand what's important and start small. And so, um, you know, I, I gave this up a couple of years ago and um, it's so simple and it's really, uh, it's almost banal. I, I don't fold my underwear anymore. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that here on the podcast. Well, and, and, and I'm and I'm sharing it for a really particular reason. It, because it, you don't care. Be, right, I don't care. Nobody's going through my drawers and thinking, "Oh my goodness, the napkin notes dad doesn't fold his underwear." And I'm actually impressed that you are putting your own laundry away. I mean, let's just start there. Okay, so I do my own laundry. Okay, that's even more impressive. And I fold what's necessarily, you know, what <laughs> needs to be folded and what needs to be hung up and what doesn't. You just stuff back in that I just stuff back in there. And, and, you know, if you think about it, it saves me, what, a whopping five minutes a week. But over time, it saves a lot of time. And then also it's that mindset of it, this doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's just kind of figuring out what's important to you figuring out what your priorities are and then going after them hard and not letting anything get in the way or not letting anyone tell you you can't do whatever it is you really want to do. Right. I, I love I love when somebody tells me that I can't do something. Um, I remember the first time actually in my life where somebody genuinely said, oh, you can't do this. And um, I was on a class trip to Washington, D.C. And um, I kind of made this offhand comment to our small group. Hey, let's go see Congressman Martin. And they were like, oh, you can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. The chaperone said that. Mm. Oh, that you can't just walk into his office. And um, and I'm going to share a little secret. Guess who the chaperone was? I don't know. My, his wife? My mother. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nice. So, so does, she, does, she, does your mom listen to this podcast? I, you know, I've tried to help her get set up. She's just really not technologically there. Yeah. Although I do post this podcast on YouTube, so she could very easily listen to it on YouTube, uh, but not yet. Maybe you'll find out after this. Yeah, that's right. I'll get the phone call. <laughs> um, and so I was 17 um, on this class trip and I said, you know what? I, I, I know that I can do this. And I know it's not that big of a deal. Congress is in session, right? They're here. So we're just going to walk to the guy's office and say, hey, we're a class visiting from your district. And we wanted to say hi. And it turns out that he was there and he did see us. And he probably loved it and got a photo and a was little, just, yeah, a little so photo happy. up, right. Um, and, 
Um, you know, on a side note, uh, I know that I've mentioned this a couple of times in other podcast episodes. I was an exchange student. His daughter was in the same exchange program. Wow. I love that. That's very cool. And so, I mean, here I was the 17 year old kid. And the first time I was really told, no, you, that, you know, what you are about to do, which in the big picture is so small, um, you can't do it. Do you remember that movie with Will Smith? And I can't even think of the name, but basically he had that amazing quote that said something like, people are going to tell you, don't listen to people when they tell you, you can't do things. Even when I tell you, he was telling his child. Oh, is that, was that the pursuit of happiness? Yes. The pursuit of yeah. happiness. Yes. And he was like, don't listen to people. Even when I tell you, you can't do something, don't listen to me because if you really want to do it, you can. And I, I mean, I just love that whole movie and I love that, that quote. It's so good. So what about, I think a lot of people feel like they have to live up to other people's expectations or they have to please other people. And I think a lot of people get caught living other people's dreams for them. Does that make sense? Like I think other people. It does. I, you know, I think one, one of the best ways to fail is to do what other people want you to do. Right. Well, and try to meet their expectations. Um, I don't think that we as human beings are really good about setting expectations or understanding expectations for others, right? So you're looking around at your neighbors and you think, oh, you know, John would expect this of me and Mary would expect this of me and Scott expects this of me. Well, the the challenge with that is that suddenly you're looking at all of these expectations on top of what your life should be. Yeah, I hate that word, should. Right, And you're automatically setting yourself up for failure. You are, you are, and you're not doing what you really want to do when you're so focused, trying to please other people and do what you think is expected of you. You're not really living that authentic life. You're not in that space where the magic really happens. And, you know, getting back to what you were saying a second ago, when you went to that congressman's office and it just really wasn't a big, you didn't think it was going to be that hard. You kind of expected it to go well. And it did for myself. I've learned that when I think something's going to be really, really difficult or very challenging and I go into it with that mindset, I've noticed that I don't always achieve what I want to achieve because I'm already starting from a place of it's not going to happen. But when I kind of back off a little bit and am a lot more relaxed and just kind of expect, you know what, it's not a big deal. It's going to work. Of course it's going to work. It's crazy how it usually does. You know, um, uh, a decade ago, I ran an IT company. And very quickly after opening the IT company, we landed some pretty large contracts to relocate companies from an old facility to a new facility. So in, in that regard, all we would do is tear down their technology in the old facility, reset it up and test it and get it working in the new facility so that their employees could come back to work Monday morning. And it would be outside of the the fact that they would have a fresh, new, clean office in a new, new location, everything else was the same for them, right? Their phones worked, their extensions worked, the computers turned on and they were able to print and get email and all of that fun stuff that they get to do. Um, and, and I'll be honest, when somebody asked us if we would do that, I, I, took a second to try to understand what they were asking me to do because I didn't even know this was a business. And then I wrote up a proposal and sat down with the project manager 
for these three projects. And she gave me the job. And she had no business giving us the job, right? We, we had never done it before. And we were, I mean, to give you an example, one of the companies had a thousand desks, right? Wow. So, so yeah. we, we were signing up to go, to go relocate this company and make sure that everything came off without a hitch because if, if there was a problem, their business might crash. And so we, we did it and we muscled through it. We actually did a really good job and, and that became a major part of the company's revenue. It actually was 85% of our revenue. Wow. That's a major part. It, it's right. It became, I mean, frankly, it was the only part. It was, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then after we had been doing this for a couple of years, one of the partners that we had been working with, Hildrup Moving, came to us and said, hey, Garth, we are relocating a data center for the United States Army. Oh, wow. Can you do that? And you know what I said? I hope you said, yes, I can. I said, yes, I can. And then I walked away from that meeting and said, oh, holy crap, how am I going to do this? I know, I know. Right, but, you ne- knew, but you knew you could do it. Right. It was, a, it was, it was that mindset, mindset of, I can do this. I just need to figure out how. It, you know, I, it's almost like riding a bike, right? I, yeah, I can do this. I just haven't done it yet. I think if you have that mindset, good things are going to happen as you travel through your life because you are trusting yourself. You're trusting that you can. You're believing that you can. You're expecting good things to happen. And I truly do believe there's an element of the law of attraction in all of that. It's time for a sponsorship break. So today's podcast is sponsored by Raw Vibe Designs. I love the necklaces from Raw Vibe Designs, specifically this beautiful tri necklace. It's my favorite. I ordered one and my youngest daughter, Avi, snagged it from me and I had to order another one. And Jess is brilliant. She comes up with these beautiful designs. I love wearing the quartz stone because it just um, is really all about healing and love and It's a triangle shape, which stands for taking care of your mind, body, and spirit. And so you'll see me wearing these, this necklace on Facebook Lives, and you too can get one. Jess is so generous. Using code THRIVE at www.raw-vibe.com, you can get 10% off and free shipping inside the United States. And of course, we'll put that link in the podcast notes. You know, it's, it's really nice that she's uh, giving a special discount for our listeners, um, and it's it's awesome that both you and Avi wear these. However, I think that if I wear one, I might get a little bit more attention. Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> you have one on the way to your house. All right. I will. Um, yeah, I, will I mean, li- honestly, they're, your daughter Emma is going to love it. They're beautiful. They really are. I'm and excited. Yeah, you should be. Um, so and check it out www.raw-vibe.com. You know, so, um, you know, I want to go back to this server thing, this server relocation, just because, um, you know, it was a, think about this. Um, the, the United States army was contracting with us to relocate. It was about, um, I'm going to say it was like 430 servers. So, right. So this massive server room and, um, and I had to sit down with colonels and generals and uh, civilian contractors 
and I bet talk- you loved every single second of that. Well, so I, I here's what I, I did love it all, and I, <laughs> and I loved it all because yeah, I had, so I, had fun. I had confidence in myself, yes. and I knew, uh, I knew that I could do it, and I just didn't know the right way to do it yet, and um, you know what there were two things that came out of that first time and we ended up contracting with them for years because we did it so well um so i remember in a meeting one of the civilian contractors asked me if my company was certified to do something and um and i looked at him and i said oh you know we can handle that and i answered it very neutrally right i didn't say oh yeah we're certified and I pulled him aside afterwards. I said, hey, Joe, you know, um, what I don't What does that think, mean? <laughs> I, well, no, I actually said, I don't think there's a certification for that. Um, oh, wow. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to say no and derail the conversation and also have people wonder, wait a minute, does Joe know what he's talking about? Does Garth know what he's talking about? But I said, I will absolutely dive into whatever this um, supplier has and I'll get back to you. Right. So I was able to answer this question in a very honest but neutral way. It turned out that there wasn't a certification for what he was asking. But in the conversations, we developed a relationship with that supplier. And in the middle of the server move, right, and this server move was we had timed it down to the minute. Wow. So that at 5.03, we do this. At 5.04, we do this. And we had contingencies if the elevators broke down, if the truck got a flat tire, everything, right? So there's backups upon backups upon backups. Because, by the way, the server room we were moving controlled the meal card access for the <laughs> soldiers. So if we screwed up, soldiers yeah. were hungry. Oh, that's so funny. Right. And so um, in the in the first night of the move, their automated backup system for the power doesn't start up. Oh, and oh my Oh, by the way, it wasn't ours, right? It, they had purchased it new and it had been installed in the server room already. So we didn't, we didn't do anything with that. And so at, you know, two o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was, I am starting to sweat a little bit. And there are men in BDUs, battle dress uniform, camouflage and machine guns kind of like looking at us uneasily. And I'm like, you know what? I have a plan for this because because I didn't know how to do this. I have I have a written backup plan. I called the vendor. They were actually sending somebody out from Washington D.C. to Petersburg, Virginia, about a two and a half hour drive to help us restart this machine. And I said, hey, you know, let's just go through this one more time. Because I have the plans that you've written out for me. I just think that you're missing something here. And lo and behold, everything booted up fine. Uh, we were able to continue on with the process. Go, we, we got home around 3.30 in the morning, started again the next morning at 8, and finished up the server move. But this was something I had never done before. And had I gone into it with a, a, a more negative mindset, then it probably would have fallen apart. But because I knew that we could do it and we just needed to have good plans, it went through and everybody, the, the project was such a success that we continued moving the army servers for years afterwards. That's amazing. 
I think you're right. You have to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, you can't expect anyone else to believe in you. And they're not going to because they're going to be able to feel your insecurity and it's going to come out. And I think it really will impact everything. And I think it's okay, too, to to acknowledge the fact that, hey, I've never done what I'm about to do or what I'd like to do. Right? I've yeah, never jumped yeah. out of a plane. but Swallow, Swallowing a little bit of humble pie is okay. And, but don't let that fear stop you from being happy. Don't let it don't don't let the fear stop you from doing what is important to you and your progress in your growth. So what do you think causes some people to think about what they really want to do and have the courage to take that plunge and then other people think about what they really want to do and then instead of finding a way, find an excuse? Like what do you think causes that person who goes after their dreams to take that step versus the person who doesn't? I, I actually think that it comes down to um, one simple thing. And I, I know that like every psychologist in the world is, is cringing at, a, at me saying this one simple thing because suddenly their hours worth of billing clients is over. Um, but it's, it's the fear of not doing it right or not doing it right. It's, it's that fear of failure. Fear of failure. Yeah. And, and the, the way to get over that is to, to do it. Right. It's, it's not to not be afraid. It's to do it. And if you, if you fail, that's okay. Do it again and fail better. I always right? tell my kids, like if they're, especially when they were younger, they were like, I'm scared, blah, blah, blah. And I would always say, it's okay to be scared, push through the fear and do it anyway. Let's, let's look at one of the most basic things that, that kids do. They ride bikes and learning how to ride a bike, learning how to ride a two wheeler is scary for a lot of six-year-olds. They, they don't quite have the coordination. You have to figure out how to pedal and balance and steer. Uh, and, and yet once you do it, once you've pushed through, you know, once you've fallen, because look, you're going to fall once you've fallen once or twice or three times, but you continue to keep trying. That's what makes success. It's not the falling. It's the getting back up. It's a learning that you're going to fall and you can get back up and you can keep on going and moving forward. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever um, had a little car crash? Okay. Thank you for jinxing me today on the Thrive Podcast. I mean, what? Are you kidding? You don't ask someone that question. Why? I didn't say, are you, are you planning on having a car crash because today? I'm going to say, no, knock on wood. I you've, have not. You've never had a little car oh crash. Oh my God, you're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood. Garth, no. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I was not expecting that answer. Oh my gosh. So Garth let, Callahan, I'm Dara, gonna your ass if I <laughs> Dara, just don't leave the house today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, okay, so I will say I have had a car crash. How, um How many have you had? Well, I've had a handful. Oh my gosh. But and and many of them didn't cause any damage. Like it was you know, <laughs> I was backing up in a parking lot and you know, accidentally tagged somebody's bumper. Okay, um, wait a second. I have had little incidences. Like with the oh. okay, wait a second. <laughs> with the mailbox, with the with the mailbox, 
Okay, I should have with, clarified the question. Has your car ever occupied the same space as another object? Okay. Yes, I had a little incident with the mailbox, and I had a little incident with the garage. <laughs> I don't okay. know what that says about my driving. Well, Let's I, just not even go there. I, I would. So, so your answer is yes, but that doesn't stop you from getting back behind the wheel of your car to go somewhere. Correct. And I know that if I could, I would fly in my broom. Well, okay. I, I, don't, I don't have that luxury. Um, yeah. But, you know, we have both of us have have teenage daughters that are really they're still novice drivers. Yeah. You know, exactly. they don't have the hours behind the wheels that the, the wheel that we do. And and yet it doesn't stop them from getting behind the wheel of their car and continuing to learn and to continue to grow. I mean, Emma had her driver's license for, gosh, probably a year before she got on a highway, right? I mean, she did highway driving as part of her test and as part of driver's ed, but if she had to go 20 miles away, she'd figure out the way to go there on roads that were 45 miles an hour or less speed limit. Yes. My youngest daughter, Avi, who is, who has her permit right now is the same exact way. Yes. And, it's kind of a it's a personality thing. Well, and and it's it's also an experience thing, right? Yeah, you, and it's you, okay. Um, and and I would say Emma now ha- almost has this. Um, uh, I don't want to say bravado, but she's definitely gained enough experience on the highway where she doesn't have that fear. And the only way that you get rid of the fear is to do it. You have to build confidence, and the only way you build confidence is by doing it and messing up and figuring out a way to do it better and going out there again and not letting fear get in the way. It is time for our thriving tip. If you are new to the Thrive Podcast, a thrive tip is a little bit of a nugget, some extra goodness that we share with you to kind of help you as you move forward in your day. And today's thriving tip is, you know, Decide that you deserve to be happy. Decide that it's okay for you to go after your dreams, that you are, that it's something that you actually are entitled to as a human being. I think so many times we have goals or desires or things that we really want to do, but we don't think we deserve them or we don't think that it's something that we're entitled to have. If you don't decide that you deserve to get whatever it is you want to get, you're not going to be able to achieve your goals. I love that. I'm so glad. I love it. Hey, everyone. Um, I just want to give a quick thanks to one of the companies that makes this podcast possible, Backblaze. Uh, Backblaze is an automatic backup service that continuously backs up your PC or Mac data and even your external hard drives or thumb drives. And you can uh, try Backblaze for free for 15 days if you go to napkinnotesdad.com slash backup. It's a service I've been using for years. And yes, I've had a computer crash. And yes, I haven't lost a single family picture ever. So try Backblaze at napkinnotesdad.com slash backup. Hey, um, you know, we've we've been talking now for for 25 minutes or so. And, you know, I, I want to invite you to participate with us, right? So I know that the po- podcasting is kind of a, it, it's somewhat of a one-way street. So Dara and I talk and, and you guys listen, but you know, if you have a suggestion 
a question, if you have a show topic for us, um, go to napkinnotesdad.com slash podcast Q and submit your ideas and questions. If you actually submit an idea for a podcast topic and we use it, we'll send you a token of appreciation in the mail. And we really want to continue these conversations online as much as possible. So ask away and connect with us on social media. And uh, we're here to incorporate your ideas to our podcast. So Garth, I remember when I had been, I finished all of my treatments and I had, you know, I was done with all, all of that surgery and chemo and radiation and some more surgery. And I remember going to John and saying, you know what, John, I'm not actually going to go back to work. I've decided that I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start writing. I really want to write books. And I remember he was not very happy about that at first. He, he did not fully, he didn't, he didn't, it was a change, right? It was a change and it wasn't something that he um, was really excited about at first. But I remember I just turned to him and I said, you know what, John, I had cancer and now I'm going to do what I want to do because I didn't want to wait anymore. I didn't see the point in waiting to do what I really wanted to do later on down, down the road. And so I feel like so many of us, we put off what we want to do. We put off our dreams. We put off our goals. We say we'll do it later, tomorrow, next year. But I really challenge our listeners to figure out a way to find what it is you really want to do and then start. You can start small, but don't wait. Don't wait to do what it is you really want to do. Figure out a way. I, th- I think that one of the fallacies that we have, and, and part of it is we've done a really good job as a species uh, surviving, and we've continued to extend our lives, and you know we're living longer, and um, we have a sense of, uh, a false sense of immortality. And, and truly, there is never enough time, right? I, you know, I recognize that I could die today. You know, I could be sideswiped pulling out of a parking lot today. Um, uh, you know, there are natural disasters that could happen. I could just have a heart attack, right? My heart could be weakened because of my daily chemo and I don't know it. Yeah, and these are all happy thoughts. Well, but but the the point of this is that I don't want to be being rushed to the hospital. You don't want and, to have regrets. And think, oh, crap you know the one thing that i was supposed to do today the most important thing i was supposed to do today for myself or for my family or for the world or for whatever i didn't do because i bought i got bogged down in the the life that happens right paying bills and mowing the lawn and and i'm not saying stop paying your bills and i'm sure your neighbors don't want you to stop mowing your lawn but let's recognize that uh, you should be taking time to do the important things that are it- that are important to you. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and maybe you're not very good at it. That's okay. But you'll, and there are very few people that sat down at a piano or picked up a, a paintbrush and they were masters of their craft right away. Um, and you're going to become a master of your craft by doing it over and over and over again. You know, there's a, a, a napkin note that I wrote to Emma a few years ago, and I can't remember 
what exactly was going on, but I know that there was something that Emma was kind of struggling with. And she, she kind of looked at this napkin note and had this smirk on her face, like, okay, I've got this. And, um, it was a quote from Vincent van Gogh. And it said, um, if you hear a voice within you say you cannot paint, then by all means paint. And that voice will be silenced. Mm, I love that. And I, you know, I look at all of the things that I have been blessed to be able to do since I was diagnosed with cancer because, and, and I think I had this attitude before, right? The yes attitude. Yes, I can do this. I just haven't learned how to do it yet. Uh, you know, I've written a book. Uh, I'm starting this podcast. I've, you know, I've been on the Today Show and Rachel Ray and all of these things because I was open to saying yes and to learning what I needed to do. And, and, and I think that's the key, right? Just be open to yeah, positive be, outcomes. Be open to positive outcomes. But also a really important part of it is enjoy the journey. So when you do something and it maybe doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go, you know, take a step backwards, reevaluate, learn from it. And then, you know, the next time you get asked to do something or you, or you try again, you know, have fun with it. I think sometimes we are so focused on the results that we don't enjoy the the process. And hey, you, you know, yeah. I have a friend who is, um, and Bobby, I hope you're listening to this. I have a friend who is, um, he, he's just an, an amazing guy. Um, I, I honestly don't know how old he is, but I'm going to say he's like 24. Um, he made a promise to himself to run a marathon on every continent. Wow. And he has, right? So, so he's actually run a marathon on Antarctica. And he's only 24? He's only 24. I mean, 24. that's pretty impressive. He, he might be 25, but he's definitely in that age, yeah. age range, right? He's um, a young friend. <laughs> he, he is. Um, and and I know that he listens to the podcast. And I, I Bobby, I want to say how utterly impressed I am uh, that you, ha you, you have found the secret to success which is saying yes and figuring out how to do things, right? So I don't think when he made this promise to run a marathon on every continent that he had the plan already, right? I think he made the promise and then figured out the plan. And I love that. Well, and that, and that's, and you know what he's doing this, this year right now? And, and I, and hopefully he's, he's walking along, hiking along as he's listening to us. He's walking the Appalachian Trail. He's hiking oh, the Appalachian how Trail. Fun. I would well, love to do that. I really well, would. Well, so he start I would not, by the way. I, uh, I don't want to do the whole thing, but I've actually done like a couple of miles here and there. It's really pretty. Well, it's, you know, for me, I, my idea of camping is that my hotel room has a really nice view of the mountain, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't say I wanted <laughs> to spend the night out there. I just said I wanted to do a couple of miles here and there. Well, so he's walking the whole thing. Wow, he's, that's amazing. He started in March, and he's not going to finish until the last week of August. Wow. And so he's walking from Georgia to Maine. And think about that. Think by about, himself? Is he alone? Well, so yes, he is by, by himself. However, what I, I, we met up with him a couple of weeks ago, and he, he, also is, he also has a blog, so he's been blogging his journey. But he, he shared with me that he has like groups of hikers 
that he hikes with, and it all depends on their pace, right? So sometimes he'll be with group A and either he'll speed up or they'll speed up and then he'll switch over to group B um, and then they'll speed up or he'll speed up and and then he's with group C and he kind of rotates around based on what his, his daily goals are to get to the next spot. Um, so there are, you know, we actually were having lunch at uh, Devil's Backbone. It's a, a brewery in the Blue Ridge Mountains and um, they have a special spot for hikers. And as we were there, um, people came up to him and said, hey, you know, that, because they knew him and they had caught up to him at that point. Um, but think about the the planning that walking the Appalachian Trail requires and and he's doing it right so he figured out the first step whatever that was you know maybe go to georgia and the second step make sure that i have the right equipment because what i have to carry is light and um and then you know how many how many miles a day do i want to walk in order to be able to finish on time and he's never done it before i don't think he's ever taken this length of a hike it's i think it's like 2000 miles. Mm. Um, and so, and yet he's doing it and it's, it's something that is his passion, not his profession. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. Before we leave, I have a question for you, Garth. Oh, you know, what I've discovered this podcast is whenever you say, I have a question for you, it is never an easy question. Well, I think it's good to be challenged. So if you, before we leave, just quickly, what's one thing that you've really wanted to do in your life? One goal that you have that you haven't done? I mean, is there just anything that comes to mind, something that you really want to do that you haven't done? Ready, go. Um, Yeah. So I I would say most of the things that come to mind are travel things. Okay. Right. So awesome. Um, you know, I, I really want to go to Ireland um, because I'm I'm of Irish ancestry and, and my heart and my soul exist there um, is, however, do I want to go to Ireland more than I want to, you know, go on a cruise or go to Germany? That's 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 a really tough call. Um, we actually had scheduled an, a trip to Ireland a couple of years ago. It fell through for a lot of different reasons. I don't regret that it fell through. Um, I still have it on my to-do list that, Hey, I have to get there some at some point, but, uh, to be honest, you know, if we have an opportunity to go to Nags head this summer as a family, that's a higher priority for me because this is, you know, this may be one of the last summers where we get to take a big family vacation together because your daughter is going to college. Right. Well, and then, and then she's going to come when she comes back next summer, she already has an, in, an internship lined up. So what I'm hearing you say is a priority to you, something you really want to do is to figure out a way to travel. Yes. Okay. Awesome. There it is. You've put it out there. Now make it happen. Well, and and, and I think, you know, there are other little things that are kind of passing fancies. Like every once in a while when I hear a Billy Joel song or um, uh, especially Bruce Hornsby um, I think, oh, I'd really like to learn how to play piano, right? But I don't know if that's really a goal or if it's just one of those, ah, oh, you know, that'd be a nice to have. So, but I'm open to it. And guess what? I know what the steps are. Yeah. 
right? So I know yeah. it would be um, go Get to a piano, right, or even just go take lessons, right? right. Go. F- Go find somebody to take lessons. You can get a little keyboard to put on your desk and practice that way. So what I'm trying to say is I don't allow the steps of the process to be the barrier. So what is the barrier? Um, well, in that case, it's time. and, and It's really just whether or not you're really committed to right. wanting to do the work and if it's something you're going to enjoy. Right. That's right. what it is. Yeah. You know, so and, and I and I go back to like in the corner of my home office, um, I'm looking at my guitar. I'm looking at your ironing board. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, so I from the the other side of the door is is my guitar and it's sat I, there. I don't unplayed. have time to take guitar lessons because I'm ironing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I oh back I to I do that. laundry. I do laundry and iron. I iron my own dress shirts. Oh my goodness. Um, there you so, have it, folks. <laughs> Um, but you know, I was an avid guitar player for probably 10 or 15 years. And part of that was I took lessons and then I found opportunities to play, right? So it wasn't like I had to sit around my house and make time to play. I joined a music group at my church and we played during services and we practiced once or twice a week. So I made that a priority. Well, now at this stage of my life, uh, you know, yes, I like, I'd love to like pick it back up and I haven't sold the guitar yet on a, in a yard sale, but it's not really a, a big priority because I don't know if it would truly bring the joy that it once did. So I just, I, I, I deprioritize it. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. It is. It's, and, and it's not like I didn't try. We just yeah. went ahead and did it. Yeah. You, you kind of outgrew it and that's Okay. It's okay to give yourself permission to change your goals or to change what it is you want to do as you grow and as you evolve. Because right. and, it, and it's really okay to try something and figure out, gosh, I don't really like this. And you're not, you're not quitting and you're not a failure for doing that. You're just right. actively deciding, you know, I don't think this is working for me anymore. And that's just part of the growth process. And I think um, that really in that case, the only failure is not trying. I think you're right. The only failure is not trying or yeah. letting yourself try, holding yourself well, back. So um, I, so before we go, Dara, I have, yes, a question. I have a question for you. I have gotten into a car accident with my <laughs> mailbox. <laughs> so is, is there something that you have burning desire in your heart and soul that you haven't yet done? Yes, Garth Callahan, there is. And what would that be? I am, I've written 90,000 words on a fiction book and I am, I'm really excited about editing it and finishing it. I'm, I'm really excited about doing that. And I, I, I want to make it a daily priority. And I say that every day, every day I say, when am I going to do this today? Um, and it, it's just, you know, making that time, carving time out every single day for what's important to me and making it happen. So I'll, I'll give you a tip and this is such a small tip. Um, and I, and I hope that it works for you. Um, I call my mom almost every day, uh, during the work week. And, uh, the goal is, you know, my mom is 76. She lives by herself. I have a sense of responsibility to her well-being, and I really want to make sure she's doing okay, that our day was okay, um, to see if there's anything I can do to help out. And 
we don't always connect. You know, sometimes she's out at dinner or I have to work late or whatever, but I actually put it on my calendar. So every day at 510, my phone beeps at me and says, hey, call mom. And what I would recommend to anybody listening is that if you have this burning desire, like what Dara has, to do something that requires effort as well as time, that you figure out what day of the week or what days of the week and what times work best for you to carve out and say, come hell or high water, this is what I'm doing at nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I don't care if the house is burning down around me. I don't care if the lawn needs to be mowed. I don't care if the dog needs to be walked. I need to schedule around this time because I need to write. Yes, you're a hundred percent right. Because if we don't at some point, you've got to figure out how to implement the plan and you've got to, you've got to schedule it on your, it's got to be part of your daily life or it's not going to happen. I have, um, and Thank I'll, I'll say that. this, you're welcome. I'll say this right before we go. I, I get asked this question a lot of how, Garth, you know, I have this story inside of me. How do I become an author? And I always ask the same question. And after I ask it, these people have a look of loathing and trepidation and fear. Wait, I know the question. Okay. Have you started writing? Is that the question? It's close. Okay. How many words have you written today? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I found for myself just doing it every single day, even if it's like an hour or 20 minutes, just writing every single day. But, you know, it's hard when you have teenage daughters. You you get that whole thing. I, I do. Yeah. So, but you're right. Figure out what's important to you. Find a way to do it. Make it happen. Don't let yourself get derailed. Don't find an excuse. Find a way. And and you're just, honestly, you're just letting yourself down if you don't do it. You know, you're not letting the world down. It's just yourself. I love, I mean, <laughs> deep thoughts by Garth Callahan. That's but right. yeah, I love that. All right. Um, thank you all for listening. I am Garth Callahan, the original Napkin Notes dad. And you have been listening to the Thrive Podcast. Subscribe to us using your favorite podcast app. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate us. Come back next week for the next episode. Thanks so much for being here. I'm Dara Kurtz. Check me out at crazyperfectlife.com and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.